Kwaba. Welcome back to the Team Ghana U podcast. By size, we receive news, updates, discussion, and everything significant football and Ghana related. As always, I want you, the listeners, to be actively involved by tweeting or emailing us for discussion or wanting more information. Usually, we have three segments, you, senior, and other. But due to the virus and the lockdown, there hasn't been any football. So we'll continue having discussion and debate. In our last episode, we discussed the best Ghanaians to feature in Europe's top leagues, or Europe's top leagues, rather. My guest today is someone from the US, what we call now a social media influencer, the man behind the page, at Overtime GH, Richard Glemau. How are you doing? I'm good, how are you? Not too bad, not too bad, not too bad. Um, welcome. Thank what you. I would like you to do for the listening audience, if you can kindly, obviously, just tell us about yourself and what you do. My name is Richard Mensa Glemau. I'm from Ghana. I'm currently in um, Colorado. Um, my final year of college, um, I go to Davidson Elkins College in West Virginia. I'm a criminology major. I'm a goalkeeper. Been in the States for almost seven years now. I used to play for um, Right to Dream Academy back in Ghana. Okay. Like a, yeah, years back. So I did a lot, like a lot of traveling with them, like here and there. And then um, I got this opportunity to come here, to come high school here. So. Okay, uh, fantastic. So you were born in Ghana. I was born in Ghana. Lived okay, in Ghana cool. for almost. All my life so seven years okay cool fantastic okay all right so i have a number of questions actually and i'm glad you gave the audience obviously um that kind of breakdown so it gives an it gives us an idea of who we are who you are rather when i have guests on i call the segment through the lens um so i want to be so I, so I want to so i want to ensure i ask you good questions in order to get the most out of um your knowledge and experience but before we yes. do what is your cultural identity of Ghana, like in the U.S. Oh no, um, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that because you. I actually thought you were born in the U.S., so it might be a little bit different. So just tell yeah. me your your cultural identity for someone who was born in Ghana but now living in the in the U.S. So um, I don't mention I'm an Ewe. Um, I come from the Volta region, and um, I mean even though I've, I think even though I've lived here for a while, like I still have um, uh, what do you call it? Like I didn't lose everything I learned from Ghana. Like I still have, um, you know, like the the little things like please and thank you, like Ghanians say please and thank you a lot, and I, I still do that here, and um, I, I still respect elders as as we do in Ghana. So just like the little things, like even though like I've been here for a while, and um, there's a bunch of stuff that I have to adapt and everything, I still like I still have the the little bits of uh, what do you call it. I don't know how to put it, but I still like um, what do you, uh, I still use what I learned from Ghana here. So I guess like I still. I mean, Ghana is still a part of you. Yeah, it is. It is huge. Like it's it is a part of me. Like I I still cook like the Ghana foods here and all that. So. Okay, can you cook? Cook. Yeah, yesterday I cooked jollof. So. <laughs> I mean, it's getting better. Like it's getting better over the over time. Like the first time I did it, I actually bought. It's called like a jollof mix. Yeah. I saw it on Amazon and it was horrible. <laughs> it didn't it didn't look or taste like jollof. So then I was like, you know, let me just YouTube it. So I did YouTube it and um and now I mean it tastes better. It tastes way better than I I did before. So there's an improvement. I do order like some Ghana foods online too. So I'm still like like the food I still just to feel at home, you know. So I still like cook some of the Ghana foods. Cool. And is there much of a Ghanaian community in Colorado? So I met I met this dude from Sudan, and and he told me that there's a little community, but I've not met anyone yet. But yeah, he told me there's a little community, and what they do is like they do have um, it's called like an African World Cup where 
all the little communities, all the little African communities here, they, they have a tournament. So he told me he's going to invite me back. Yeah, I've not met anyone from, from Ghana yet. Okay, cool. You mentioned that you played for the Right to Dream Academy. I've not met anyone who actually played for the academy. And I know a bit about the academy and obviously a lot of the work that they actually do in, in Ghana. Can you just yeah. t- tell me or tell us about obviously the Right to Dream Academy first and foremost, and then we'll ask you about your experience. It's a non-profitable organization. Um, and what they do is they, they just help on the privileged guys, like provide them with um, um, scholarship and stuff. And it's kind of broken down to three, more like sectors. Like, okay. So there's the, the character, there's a character side, and there's like the, the soccer side, and there's an education side. And like most people think because it's a soccer academy, like what do you call it? We just play soccer, but to be honest, there's a lot of schooling. So um, I'll just tell you the whole process. Um, so I used to play for a local team back in, um, it's, I mean, it's now called sporting, a sporting club, Accra. Our coach was one of the scouts for Right to Dream. So the, the recruitment process, they, they just organized little tournaments around Ghana and um, they select the best of the best, I guess. So they kind of used to, used to be in um, the eastern region, like a place called Deu. Okay. Before like they moved, they moved to um Akosomo. But what they do is like they go around Ghana and they pick, uh, they organize low tournaments, pick the best out of the best. During my process, we all met in Deu for like a week, a week um trial. And what they do is like so we practice in the morning and also at night. And basically, like, you j- we just play and the scouts like they just basically like select who they think is the best. And this went on for like a week and. Every morning they call our guy because we're a lot. We're we're about like maybe five hundred kids. So okay. we were yeah, it's a bunch of kids. So um, what it do is like every morning. So I guess when you do something right or when you play well, they take like they take your name. So like every morning they call out the guys they don't think will be a good fit. So yeah, they did that every morning. Then like the number reduced. So they we ended up with like like six guys. And I was, I was, this, I was a sick guy. But what happened was everyone got signed, but they were still like they just still needed time. Like it took me like almost a year to get signed. So basically, what they did was like they, they, they would monitor guys like because some guys thought it was all about soccer, so they did everything. They, they did everything they could uh, on the field. But then what they do is like they check their your academic side and also they check your character. So all this, but they put all this together and then they decide who is the best fit for them. So. Like likely enough, I I was picked. So, so what they do with it? The teams are all put into generations. So, I was the fourth generation. So it's like all badges. Like, so the fourth fourth generation, I was like U thirteen. So what they do is like once we go, we we move on to um U fourteen or U fifteen. They bring the next generation. So, yeah, that's how I I got opportunity to play for them. Okay, I think I understand. Okay, because the U fourteen and U fifteen. I'm assuming, uh, so is Right to Dream an English um, establishment? Yeah, it is. Yeah, um, okay. the, founder, the founder Tom Vernon is, is, from, um, is from England. Okay, so that's where he's got the U14, because that stands for under, so under 14. And, so yeah, would, yeah. So that would mean, mean roughly your age at the time. Okay, I have, um, I have a question. So what does it mean to be signed? Because you said it took, a, it took a while for you to be signed by the academy. Yeah. To begin with, I had, I had a lot of problems, like, I wasn't, to be honest, I wasn't one of the, the good kids. Not the good kids, but, like, I ended up in a lot of trouble. So what it do is, like, it took me a while to, to kind of decide if I was the best fit because, I, like, I wasn't listening. Like, I was just out there. So it took them a while. Like, what was good is, like, 
the older guys always like we all lived at the, we all lived in the same place. So the older guys like got a chance to um, interact with us, like advise us. So that helped me a lot because I was just ex- I guess I was just too excited. I was um, what do you call it? And I I didn't listen to anyone. I did my own thing. So I ended up getting a lot of trouble. So by like by the uh, help of um, the seniors, like they advised me and like. And we have all, we have the uh, there's a car, we have a character traits too so like everything is put in place for us to succeed so I mean once I came like I I, I came down and like um, knew what I really wanted and like how like writing was gonna benefit me and how I was gonna grow as a man I I changed my ways and um, that helped me a lot so like that helped helped me uh, towards like me getting signed. So, but does sign involve like you getting a scholarship and you staying on a campus, or is sign the case of you're a part of the academy and you go to school there and you play games against other other clubs and other academies? No, we we stayed on campus, so we stayed there for. It's almost like this, like like the normal like Ghana school year, but we just stayed on campus. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we just stayed on campus, played out, played soccer, like school, like everything is was on campus. But then we get a chance to go home, like. Once the school year's over. Okay, cool. So, was it um, far away from where your your actual home was? Um, so where the new where the new academy is located was a little far. It's, um, so I lived in Accra, and mm-hmm. I think it's about like without traffic, it's like two and a half hours. It's been a while, but I think it's probably like around two and a half hours. Like we live really close to um, the Volta River. Okay. So yeah, so sometimes like we actually. We end up taking a uh, taking a canoe ac- across a lot because it's really close when when you take take the canoe across. Like the canoe, uh, what do you call it? The river is like right next to our school, so we take the canoe across and it, it cuts like it's it makes it makes the journey short. And what type of actual? I'm interested in the education definitely, but yeah. what type of actual football teams do you play? Actually, a lot of teams from our craft. What happens like every Saturday morning? They they just sometimes we I don't even know the team, but. But they just bring the team in. We have like we have uh, we have a bus, and it goes it goes to Accra and brings the team in. Um, we we played at my old team a lot. Teams like um, uh, Strong Tower. Okay. Uh, we played a bunch. Like some of them were really good, but yeah, we played. We, we also played Red Bull a bunch. We played um, we played Firenode like a little bit. So yeah, those are like really good challenges. But we yeah mostly we played teams from Accra. We played a few teams from Kumasi, but mostly like teams from Accra. Okay, and were there many like success stories? I mean, there are a number of success stories, I believe, obviously from the academy because the academy wouldn't be as big or notable as it is um, yeah. if it hadn't had any success success stories, um, to which we'll get to in just a moment. Um, as to education, because I think the education away from the football, I think is just as important, if not more important, um, because not, every, not everybody can become a footballer. Um, but were there any success stories by way of people playing football? So I got a chance to, to come to the U.S. to to study. But what they do is, like, after a while, they... I mean, it's clear. Like, you don't even have to tell them. After a while, they know who... I don't know, like, whose passion is to is to uh, continue their education, who who is fit to play. And, like, I'm a goalkeeper, and, like, I, I was a little little to be a goalkeeper. Like, I'm, I'm like, five. I'm 5'8", five, like, kind of little to be a goalkeeper. But so after... A while, like they know, like it's clear, like they know who whose passion is to play soccer and like whose passion is to um is to go to school. So like, actually, I'm here. Like, there's a bunch of freshman graduates like here in 
in the U.S., like in the high school schools here and also like in the in colleges here. And like there's a bunch of like guys, also like there's a bunch, there's this school called uh, Harbury College in the, in the U.K. It's almost like a school, like how the school runs here, but it's more like soccer-based or like sports-based uh, school. So like, I don't know if you know about uh, Majid Waris. Uh, yes, uh, I do. I know the name, yeah. Yeah, so he he went through that system like so what it is like um and a few of them like went through um Harvard College so and, and it's more like soccer based so you get exposed more to like uh, teams around like you get exposed to like usually like the the Swedish like most some of them like a bunch of them like go from Harvard to Sweden so they get exposed more to um to like European soccer. Okay, so what I'd be right in saying Harvard College is in partnership with Right to Dream. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's partnership, but... I mean, they have uh, a relationship. Yeah, they do, yeah, definitely, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's, there's a relationship there. In you being born in Ghana, I, I definitely have a number of questions. So, like, okay. I've discussed on the podcast as to Coles football and, let's say, youth football in Ghana. Like, mm-hmm. we, we spoke about Feyenoord and a few other professional sides, but what is actually youth football like and Coles football like in Ghana? Because we know on and we understand that in recent years, they say there's been a decline as to the number of boys being produced in Ghana. So, I mean, from your experience in being, you know, roughly about C20, I mean, tell us about football in Ghana. It's, so how it works is like, so I started off playing like under 14, I know, under, under 12, like U12 back in Ghana. And the process is so, it's, it's really different from here. Like, so instead of like using our, our birth certificate to, to determine like what age group we play with, what they do is they, it's by weight, so <laughs> yeah. So you, you could be you could be eighteen. Like if if you 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 what do you call it? You there's a weight limit for like every every age group. So you could be eighteen, and if you make the age, uh, if you make the weight for you ten, then you play you ten. That's incredible. Yeah. So so like what what more like okay, my personal experience, right? Um. So let's say like. Two, two or three weeks to to like we call it like registration, right? Two, two or three weeks to registration, like like you you run, you practice really hard, like you you make sure like you what do you call it? Um, you lose a bunch of weight, even though like and we all try to play for the U twelve. I mean, I was I was little, like I would say like I I was like the right age for it, and I, like I just started playing soccer too. So um, yeah, you you train hard and like so. So like you make sure you basically like lose a bunch of weight, and um, so we go to this place in Accra, and there's a bunch of teams there. So what they do is like they'll call like every team, and um, there's a weight. So you, you you there's a scale like you stand on the scale, and um, like if you make it, yeah, they'll tell you made it, and then they'll give you like this uh, registration number, and they'll give you like we all had to use the same jerseys to to uh, what do you call it to take the picture. So we had so um. They, they'll give you like a registration number or like on a on a blackboard so you just hold it up and they take a picture of you but if you don't make it then they kick you out of the line and some people like they don't make it they'll kick them out of the line and then they'll go for a quick run like they'll, they'll, they'll go for like a quick sprint and make sure like like I don't know, like hustle to, to lose the weight and they'll come back and some of them make it so the bad side of it is so during the league, like you, you see like a U twelve game, you see like huge guys playing in the U twelve, and my team like to begin with, we got really butchered because we were like little, like we we were we were the, like the the right age, 
and then we played against guys who were like twice our size, like huge, like so. Like to begin with, like we we actually got killed until we like we got the hang of it. But yeah, that's how like, it worked. Like it, it, instead of like age, it's it's more like weight. Do you know if things are changing, or is that how it currently is? Because again, obviously, I was about to go into some of the like technicalities. So I mean, a lot of my posts and even your posts actually, and yeah. um other other pages to which. I mean, you have relationships with actually discuss some of the, the technical side of the game. And I think that's very, very important in terms of Ghana and football moving forward as to going back to some of the roots. I mean, we've had players of a very, very high caliber, such as obviously Abedi Pele, and I'll go yeah. into some more with you in just a moment, because I thought you were from the US to begin with. But now I know you actually live in the US rather than being actually from the US. So it's a, it's a totally different conversation because I'm going to ask you about some of the players that you actually looked up to. But like, my thoughts are what I'm trying to ascertain is, is there any form of like technical side to, to football in Ghana? No, no, no. And that's not even me trying to be derogative. It's the reason why I'm saying that is because we come from a strong lineage of producing very, very good players. But in recent years, there's been conversations of, you know, football not, not quite being the same as it was or a lack of investment, a lack of funding. So even with the academy, like this, like our style of play was, even though it was in Ghana, our style of play was like really different from like the local team, like just the local teams we play. And it's more like with the local team, it's all about about scoring. So you could, and it's that and like strength and um, and like basically do anything to score. So we play against guys who would like kick, like who um, just boot the ball, just like all they want to know is like, all they want to do is just score. So, but with the right to do, even like with the right to do, like we had a system we play by, like like everyone has their responsibilities in the system. So it wasn't just like with a technical side. It wasn't. It was more like there's a system to it, you know, like like passing when it's not on, like like don't force it, like stuff like that. We all had a role to play, but on on the other hand, it's more like like they just boot it and there's no like there's no structure I, no I, I understand i understand okay and and you mentioned obviously fine or there may be another and obviously there are yeah. other professional clubs in ghana as well now when yeah. you played at that, that level did you find naturally that the the level had increased and the the standard had improved oh definitely like it's a tough game like it's i mean they almost play like like how we we, we do too like they they know how to pass, like they, they have a system. So it's like it's really challenging and it's and it's huge. Like we always like it's more like even though even though they don't say it, but it's more like who it's more like who runs Ghana if we beat them, like who is the best academy. Like it's a little show off and like it's tough to play them too. Like they they, they have a system, like it's almost like the same as us. So it's more like uh, like when we play them it's really tough. Like it's very, very tough. I mean we've beat them a few times and they've they've beat us a few times. And like we, to be honest, like we we don't let me say we don't lose at all. Like when we play against the local team, but like playing against like final, like I played them once when I was there. But we played a, we played Red Bull a lot because it wasn't that far. Like they were also like right along the uh, what do you call it, right along the Volta, the, like the Volta area. So yeah, we play, yeah we played them a lot. And I mean they also go through the same process, like like recruiting players and stuff. So they also play the best out of the best, like what, like how we do. So like when we meet, it's it's a huge challenge, and it, it's a fun challenge, but it's it's a tough one. Okay, okay, and like on last last question on that on that subject. Now, do clubs such as Asante Kotoko um, and other professional clubs in Ghana 
do they hearts of oak do they actually have academies themselves or is it just independent academies like right to dream and professional like fine order no they, they don't they don't have academy like but some of them like helps like the local teams okay but they don't like they, they don't and they don't have any academy we've played because of a few times and some of the some of the uh, what do you call the premier league teams a few times yeah they don't they don't have like a specific academy it's more like so usually like I forgot a name for it, but we have uh, we we uh, Hasselpok. They have they have a local team, so some of their players like come from the local side. Like and even with with Kotoko too, like they still they do that. But I don't think it's like so. It's more okay. So I know it, it's more like they have they have a B team to say. Yeah, I understand. So, yeah, they have, so I'll say like they have like a, an alternative team, and like some of the players like they, when they are not ready to play for their main team, their first team, like. They go, they go to like the B team to practice with, but I don't think it's, it's not. I don't think it's an academy. It's more like a B team, to be honest. Okay, like, and, uh, and and is there possibilities for boys to be signed to Kotoko or Hearts of Oak or any other professional side in Ghana from Right to Dream? Yeah, we actually had a few. We've had a few guys. Um, um, two of my seniors I, I knew before I went. Like, I think one was signed with Kotoko and one was uh, one was signed with um. Uh, got a team in Tamale, like, is it RTU? I don't know if it still runs, it's been a while, but there's a team in, in Tamale called RTU. And there's a bunch of guys I, I know, even, even if they're not playing at the moment, I know like they, they, they had an opportunity to play for some of the teams um, in the Ghana Premier League. Okay, I'm sure there must be, must be some sort of alumni for Right to Dream. Is there any, yeah. any, any, any players who have signed for teams in Europe, um, any standout names or, or just names in general? Because I think any form of player signing and going to Europe to play football is some form of success. Yeah, um, so we have Waris plays in France. David Akam played, uh, played a while in, um, he played in Sweden for a while, but he, he plays, uh, he's in the US now. Um, we had, we have a, okay, so, so right to bought a team in Denmark called uh, Norgeland. Nordland FC. Yeah. So it's like owned by Right to Dream. So what they do is like, so there's a bunch of there's a bunch of like Right to Dream guys, guys from uh in in playing in Denmark. Like the Denmark. did they play Man United at some point? I'm, I don't think so. Maybe did a they while play back. in the Champions League. No, no, they they got close to playing. They got really close last year or two years ago. They got really close to qualifying. Okay, I'll research anyway. Yeah. So there's a bunch of guys there and. There's a bunch of guys, like there's a, a lot of them in Sweden. There's a, a few of them in Norway, and there's a few of them in uh, Portugal. But like mostly, like so, like just to speak a little bit about them, uh, about Norgeland, like it's in like the Dem- uh, the Danish like uh, league, and what it do is like it's more like a stepping stone. So, so usually like, when um when they bring guys from Ghana straight into um into the league or into uh, straight from Ghana to Europe, it's a little challenging, you know. For them to just like adjust to the to the weather, adjust to the culture, like so it takes it takes a lot of them to I think it affects their performance a little bit. So what Nordland does is it's more like a stepping stone. So guys go there, like kinda get used to the system there, like how to manage themselves, like even the language and everything. So it's I'm pretty sure it's not like um I'm I mean I'm not I don't know the details of it, but like basically like it serves like a stepping stone for them. So like they get used to the system there, and then they, when they move on, it's it's much more easy easy for them to like uh, what do you call it, adapt to wherever they go. 
Okay, so cool. Like, yeah. Okay, cool. So I'm, I'm actually just gathering gathering my thoughts as um, as you speak because I think you're saying um, a lot of things to which I might have kind of been aware of, but I mean, mm -hmm. but I think you're actually confirming them for me. What my thinking at this moment in time is like I think sides and and programs such as Right to Dream are fantastic because I think they provide kids and people with opportunity to a, educate yeah. themselves, which is something I want to come on to, but at the same time potentially provide them with an opportunity to play football professionally. But what I'm seeing and what I'm gathering by way of the research that I've done as to Coles football and youth football in Ghana is that there isn't any real process as to boys actually playing football in that country and then developing. There isn't really a development system in the country so boys can go from U5, you, under 5, all the way up to under 15, 16, et cetera, yes. et cetera, whether it's playing futsal, playing football, and then potentially sign for a Kotoko or anything along the, or anything of that nature. I mean, a good example of that is you saying that the biggest sides in Ghana don't have professional academies. That yeah. in this country, in England, would be frowned upon, you know, because, yeah. you know, that, that means there's a lack of a development tool. And it makes there's, me yeah. kind of think it's more of a process and a tool for independent clubs to really, they're providing an opportunity, but at the same time, they're providing an education, but they're trying to get you from A to B. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Cool. So just very quickly, um, do you want to kind of like just maybe just talk about the education um, at Right to Dream and maybe it might kind of like be a, I think it would, it'd almost be the same across the board as to the level of education you get at Right to Dream as with other academies in Ghana. Because, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but I mean, I think being educated at a very, very high level and with yeah. pressure being on you to educate yourself as well as play football at the same time, is only going to raise the bars to expectation. Yeah, I mean, like education in Right to Dream is very serious. Like we've had guys from the other academies come to Right to Dream and they definitely say like it's, it's there's way more education at Right to Dream than there is like wherever they came from. But so so basically like what so we we, we, we take the IGCSE test. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And um we have teachers, like we have teachers who, who, who are not even part of their camp. Their, their job is to teach. Like, so we have, um, we, we learn English, we learn math, we learn um, science, like biology, physics. Like, so w once we are out of, we are off the field, it's, it's like going to a natural school. Like there's nothing to do with soccer at all. So I'm trying to add to it. Like, so it's, it's actually a lot, like a lot long hours of schooling and we have to do like, in the morning, we have to do uh, it's a, like a compulsory like study hall, so that you get time to study. Like we and at night we have like two study halls. We have like it's more like quiet hours. So in the morning, like it's a, it's a quiet hour in the morning for for like an hour where like you have to actually like teachers come around like make sure like you actually studying and not like messing around. So we do that and also like before like the day before like uh, after dinner and everything, we we also have a last study hall where like. Yeah, the same. So I was like, I was the vice uh, captain for uh, like in a whole like in the academy when I was when I was there. So what, what I basically did was join study hall. I go around and make sure guys are actually studying. So at last like my the right play drawing study halls and like yeah. So basically like the, the education there is like really high. Like and usually guys who are who are looking to go to Hadbury and stuff like have to take the IGCSE to, to qualify. So, yeah, I think, like, when it comes to education, like, there's, there's a whole, there's a system to it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool, cool. I don't know if I answered your question. No, 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 I think you have. I think, I mean, I, I mean, my question essentially was, 
around education and its importance and clearly for me education is is an important part of yeah. some of these um, independent academies such as right to dream in recent years i just want to move it to football so like in recent years like in the us and in canada there have been breakout stars like freddie adu and obviously alfonso davis who yeah. plays in who plays for bayern and freddie who's yeah. not currently playing anymore to my knowledge but freddie adu was tipped to be almost like the next pele he played for benfica was in trial at man united yeah. i know you've moved to the us but I kind of want to kind of like get the understand the the environment and the atmosphere, whether it's at home in Ghana or in the US where you are now, as to what it was like for these breakout stars. You mean like Freddie Adu or Alfonso or Alfonso Davis? I want to know. I mean, what's their profile like? Um, yeah, actually, like people said the same thing with uh, when it comes to, like uh, Freddie Adu. Like they actually said the same thing. Like they they had all this. Like I mean, he was. He was. I didn't really watch him as much. Like he was. I think I watched him a little bit. And he was a good. He's like a good player and all that. But it's like they said. They said. I mean, he had potential. So they had all this like standard. They said they set a huge standard. And I think. I mean, obviously, he didn't like make it to his his like what he thought he was gonna be. But I think like with players here, the things more like there's a whole system to it. Like there's. So it's. I think it's a little easy to what do you call it, to make it out here because there's a whole system, there's a bunch of, like, academies playing here, the fields are better, like, people actually, like, support you when you, when you play and um, and it's huge, like, when you have people supporting, like, back in Ghana, like, my my parents, like, barely supported me in playing, like, they'll tell them to go steady, like, everything was, I mean, even though I wanted to play, like, everything was about steady, like, like, my dad would be like, no, like, why do you play this and that, like, go, go, back, uh, go back and take your books, like, have you studied everything you have to study but here it's more like it's more like they know your dream and also like they support you as much as they could so i live i live with a host family and i have like three host brothers and like the appearance like will drive them to soccer like sometimes like their practices are like three almost three hours away and they like yeah they drive them to it like they they sign up for id camps like thousands like thousands of dollars like so there's all like the support here it's high so i mean it's easy it's 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 easy to succeed if um you're getting all this support and also like there's all these like facilities that like there's all these like facilities that helps helps your performance and all that so i think it's more like yeah the, the system here kind of helps you to makes it a little bit easier i mean you have to put in the work but it makes it a little easier for you for you to succeed but so in Ghana, I don't think there's like it's yeah. That's what like in Ghana, like the the academies like I think is the best is the best fit compared to like what what happens there because the academy like uh, what do you call it, supports you and all that. But yeah, apart from that, with the local teams, like it's some people are like ended up paying like uh, what do you call it agents and stuff like. And there's the system. I would say the system in Ghana doesn't really like doesn't really help you or like doesn't. Um, see to it that you, you achieve your dreams or whatever. No, I understand that. I mean, because it looks like there's two, almost two different systems. There's the system of the independent academies and there's the system in which essentially be, I mean, youth football in Ghana, which should be kind of run by the GFA, if, I mean, if I'm being honest. And because there's a lack of, I think because there's a lack of, I don't want to say cohesiveness, but yeah, because there's a lack of cohesiveness at this moment in time, I think people have lent to working and playing for independent academies where there's a clear pathway rather than play 
what is what is regarded or as known as Coles football, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And in so when when people become desperate and when people have a dream and they want to succeed, they'll end up paying agents, and unfortunately, sometimes they'll be led astray. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it's the same. Like, like this whole documentary about it too. I, I watched, and it's crazy. Like people people have to have to pay, and like um, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. No, it is crazy. I mean, sorry, just. I mean, it's making a lot of sense now for me, actually, because one of my questions was going to be for me, are people that are in your position more interested or have their heart set on, of course, you want to play play football professionally, but is going to the US also a dream as well? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, um, it got, I mean, I, like, I started off, like, I just wanted to play soccer, you know, I just wanted to play soccer. Like, I didn't really like school as much, even though, like, I mean, I wasn't, like, super smart or anything but I was like well off like I, I, I do my homework get 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 a grade um I I need to, to pass by. But um yeah it was a huge success. Like that's what like for the towards like my my towards my end of right to dream like that was what I wanted to do. Like so like I speak to the I speak a lot to the guys who, who were here before I came like what it how like what it did to get there like and what like how how right to do is like everyone is even 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 people who are not back in Ghana we still like stay in contact with with guys like we it's more like a it's it's more like a huge family so it's easy to to pick up the phone and talk to like a graduate like and they they are all like they are all like willing to help you so I spoke to a bunch of the guys who who took the same path like just like get get advice from them and like and and I mean towards the so like every. Like once a year, or no, not once a year. Like a few, a few times a month, or a few times a year. Like we have like a player review, so they they'll, they'll sit you down. Like it's, it's 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 like between you and the coaches and the directors. Like they'll sit you down and and tell you like what you need to do and what you're doing right and what you have to change. And like sometimes they are real. You'll we'll be like, like okay, in my situation, like I I was like I'm a I'm, I mean I'm still a goalie, but like I wanted to. Uh, I went. I had all this picture, like, oh, go to Europe, like, play for the best team. But then, like, just being a little like real myself, like, my height is a huge problem. Like, I'm I'm like five eight, which is like, I mean, I'm not saying it's impossible, but like, it's it's hard to to no, play I that. Uh, yeah, it's, I it's hard to play that level if you're that short. And I also like I I mean I go into schooling more, and I I wanted to like further my education. So so like they they spoke to me and like. Like I knew what, like what towards towards a point I knew what I wanted. It was it was clear. Like I knew like I wanted to further my education, and I mean I'll play for the school and all that. But it's just gonna be it's gonna be kind of easier for me to further my education and I like, make the best out of it than like solely focus on soccer and 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 make almost an impossible dream come true. You know. Um, but what I would say just as to that, I mean. I've discussed like the roots as to, or no, I've asked questions as to the roots um, in, 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 in independent academy in, in the likes of Right to Dream. And we've discussed yeah. obviously youth football in Ghana. But for me, I think you should be very, very proud of your success in actually, I don't know if it's a scholarship that you're on, but certainly going to the US and then playing yeah. for a college and then being educated and then potentially staying in the US. And then who knows what you're going to achieve. So, I mean, yeah. your story is a, is a great, great story. I mean, this wasn't the type of conversation that I actually entailed on having today. I actually oh. entailed on having a conversation about other things. But the moment you discussed Right to Dream, I thought, you know what, actually, yeah. I'm, I'm quite interested in finding out 
a little bit more about your journey. And this might be another conversation that we we continue somewhere down the line because I'd like to keep on contact and find out um, how you're getting on. Um, I have a few more questions. I mean, with a number of boys going from Ghana to the States or Ghana to like mainland Europe to play football, I mean, this has been a conversation or a topic that I've actually um, thought about for a while. Is there like a mentoring process as to boys when they go to like the States or when they go to, to, to Europe, are they mentored through the process? Because my thing is, I feel players are, I think there's a lot of good success stories from boys going from, from Ghana to Europe or go, from going from Ghana to the States. But when they arrive at those places, are they mentored? Because I think sometimes players kind of go astray. And I think there are a number of cases, actually, in regards to the boys who were at the under-17s World Cup. I think the win in 95 and the win in 99, I think it was. I'm not too sure the year. Forget the year. I do apologise. When we beat Brazil in the final. Where a lot of those boys were hugely talented and tipped for great things. But they kind of just fell by the wayside. So I just wanted to know, like... Is there a process as you've gone through when you've gone to the States? Has there been like a continued, mem- a continued mentorship or has it been a case of um, you've been handed over? Not neglectfully, but I mean, you've been handed over and then it's a case of you're then mentored by the group or the institution that you're now with. Yeah, like we're right to them. There's like, there's a right to them US. So um, even though you're not, you're not in Ghana, you still like, they still hold you accountable, like giving it with grades and like, so what it was like, their school, like our, our various schools here, report to them like your your progress and and I mean, I mean if, if you're doing if you're doing like things right, they they will acknowledge you like they'll they'll tell you like keep it up and stuff like and if you're not doing like if you're having troubles, they also talk, they'll, they'll tell they'll tell like the like they'll tell right to them you so I mean there's still like it's still like. There's still like uh, what do you call? It? There's still a structure there. Like there's a right team US who like they they almost play the same role as the right team Ghana. Like they they make sure they hold you accountable. Cause usually like when we get all this scholarship, right? The school basically like they keep a close eye on you. Like they cause they don't want to like waste them. Cause it's, it's a lot of like it's a lot of dollars like giving you like all this scholarship. So what it is like they they keep a close eye on you and like basically make sure like. Like just to see if you really deserve it, and they they report they always like report to to the right team US, and that's what I was saying like earlier with the with the Danish team too it was the same like because as you were saying like I mean it's a whole process like it, this it's it's not easy like when you don't have any any like structure in place like you just come in like that's why like some players don't don't make it because then they come to a new environment like like it affects you in a lot of ways that you probably wouldn't know like right away like even like the food, the people, like making new friends and stuff. And that could like, that could affect like the way, like your performance. And if, I mean, if, if you came here for soccer, that, that could um, affect your performance on the field, even though like sometimes it's hard to notice right away, but yeah, that could affect your performance on the field. And also um, with education too, like it could affect your performance in the classroom. So I think like the right in the US is more like, it's, it's almost like the same role as the right in, in Ghana. Like they just make sure like you, you, like the transition is more smooth and stuff, and like with the Danish team is the same too. Like, cause previously, like guys, it was hard for guys to like succeed like in Europe, but with the help of like the, like with the Danish team with the Nordland in place, it's more like uh, they go there and like they, it's like a process with, without like pressure, cause 
like some te- some teams like will, will bring you over and like they want you to perform right away, and like once you don't, like it could actually affect your contract and all that. But with the right team, the right team in Denmark, what they do is like yeah, they know the process, so they they help you. Um, like they, they they basically make sure that the transition from you coming from Ghana, like a whole different culture, to to like Denmark is is, is successful. And then like once once they think you um what do you call it? you've trans uh, transformed really well, that's when like they look forward to like giving giving you out to to other teams. So it's more like yeah, there's a whole system, so that helps the trans the transition, I guess. No, no, no. That's good because I mean, for every every story, I mean, like your own, who's gone from Ghana to the US, or for other other individuals who've gone from Ghana to to Denmark, there are stories of individuals who are might who are not quite in that system and have got agents via playing in other avenues or other leagues or things of that nature, mm-hmm. and they've gone to Europe and they haven't quite and things haven't quite worked out, and then they lack that mentorship or they lack that leadership. And then they're in Europe and then they're, I'm going to say stuck. They're stuck in a yeah. position where, you know, where they, they, they lack the right, the right advice to continue their professional mm-hmm. career. Yeah. And then they just find themselves in trouble, which I just, you know, I, I felt compelled to kind of ask that question because these are things that I've long looked at because there yeah. are individuals definitely from that um, team that won the World Cup. Um, I forget the year anyway. Um, I mean, Daniel Apare comes to mind, you know. Yeah, idea, right? Idea too. Yeah, there's 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 many many players who were yeah. for great things. And by the way, this one thing I definitely wanted to spell. So I know these individuals were tipped for great things as to playing on. I mean, they played on the world stage because they won a, a World Cup trophy and things of that nature. Yeah. But the things I'm saying is, they have been successful. I mean, I'm not too sure what their journey is and where they came from. But to go mm-hmm. from playing in Ghana to playing in Europe. That is a success story. Yeah, it definitely. But what I'm saying is, for the potential these boys had, mm-hmm. their story could have been a little bit different. It could be, yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, and again, for every Daniel Apare, there's a Thomas Partey. Mm-hmm. Both individuals play for Atletico Madrid. You know, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, that makes that makes sense. And and we may, I don't know if is uh, the idea signed for. Is it AC Milan or something like or Madrid? One of it. Yes, yes, like, yes. Yeah, like just my thought. My thought on that is, it's more like. I mean, you could have probably signed with a team. I mean, I'm pretty sure he had a few offers. I mean, he was like they won the World Cup, and he was what like the the uh, like he won. Wasn't he like the the most uh, what you the MVP of the game or something like that? So like they were playing like for their age, it was like the as high as you could get, and he signed for such a huge team and. I mean, I would say, like, yeah, what do you call it? Like, developing or coming, like, as a young player, you probably need more playing time than probably, like, uh, what do you call it? And, I mean, if I was in issues, like, I will probably sign for a team that I will get more playing time instead of, like, the biggest the biggest team that comes for me. You know, like, I mean, growing up, like, at that, at that age, like, you need more exposure. You need more, like, playing time and stuff like that. And I think, like, if he, I mean, he, if he probably have taken that route, like, sign, because, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure if it was AC Milan or Madrid, but those are huge teams. And I mean, I'm not saying like, I mean, he was doing good, but then like you have to compete. Like it's, I mean, it's like it will, it will be like even if you get that much playing, if you get playing time, it won't be as much as like what you need to develop as uh, as 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 a young player. So I think 
that kind of affected him a little bit because he wasn't playing. And once you're not playing, like, there's nothing to prove. And once you're not playing, like, uh, like your confidence goes down and it, it affects the whole thing. So I think, I mean, if I was in issues, I'll probably sign with, with a team that I'll probably get a little bit more playing time. A good comparison would be, and I'm not too sure what his advisors were, and I know, again, for every one of these stories I'm going to say, there are a dozen which didn't go well. But Samueto, who played for Real Madrid, who went there as a youth team player, you know, yeah. things didn't quite work out for him at Madrid. And then from there, he went to Mallorca. And then yeah. he, he brought himself back up the ladder. And obviously, yeah. playing for Barcelona. I know, yeah. again, there are stories which are not quite, don't quite end the same way or have the... Um, the, yeah, don't end the same way. But, you know, I just feel there's, um, for as many individuals who are qualified and have been successful, mm-hmm. I think these individuals, in some way, shape or form, should have better guidance, you know, whether it's yeah. from previous generations or otherwise, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, I agree with what you're saying. Um, yeah, with the, with the guidance, it's, it's, it, plays, it plays a huge, a huge role. Like, once you have someone telling you, like, just an advice on, because, like, I mean, um, people go through stuff and, and I mean, once you have someone who's been through it all, like, advise you, it's, it's, it, it helps a lot. Like, that's, like, even with a, with a right to dream, like, we get to, like, it's just, like, talking to anyone, all the graduates, just, like, a phone call away. Like, you can just, you can message them and they always get back to you. So it's, like, and they've been, they've been through it all. So it's easy for them to, um, like, give you an advice on what they've been through. And that helps a lot because then, like, you don't you don't repeat the same mistake they did or, like, it helps you see things from a different uh, perspective. So, so I think, yeah, yeah, that's you're saying. I, I don't think, like, all those, like, players who, who could have been, like, or who didn't really, like, like live up to their standard, like, they, I'd probably say they didn't, have, they didn't have, like, better guidance, you know? Like, that, that's what comes to mind when I think about stuff like that. You might have been, obviously, we keep in contact, obviously, via Instagram and things of that nature. Um, you may yeah. have listened to or have an idea, obviously, what the last podcast was about um, as to the most um, influential, in some way, shape, or form, Ghanaian yeah. to play in Europe. So for you, who's the most decorated player by way of trophy to play in Europe for Ghana, um, with Ghanaian heritage? I think, um, I mean, in terms of, like, numbers and all that, I'll say... I mean, obviously, he's not playing in Europe anymore. Um, as Samoan, okay. But yeah, I'll say like in terms of, like goals and stuff. Like, uh, especially when he played for Sunderland, like I enjoyed watching him play, and I just couldn't wait for him to score and and see what he does next. So, him and um, as someone, they had as someone from um, Inter. In, yeah, like he. It's more like he. It's like watching him play in Europe. It's because. Some of the Ghanaians, like, you see them playing in Europe and, like, like their style is a little different, but he kind of adjusts to, like, he basically, like, fits in, in their system. So I enjoyed him playing a lot. And um, so usually, like, when, even if, even if it's not my team, like, I'm, I'm a United fan and, like, I don't care if, if any, like, okay, let's say, right, let's say there's a Ghanaian on, on the other team playing against, like, my, my, my favorite team, I'll, I'll support them. So, like, um, I don't know how many Ghanaians are left in the Premier League, but yeah, I, I watch it at two, especially like when he's playing, like I support I support him and I want him to do good and stuff. But yeah, I'll say as someone, John is. Okay. And who, and who would you say is the most talented 
and players. So we're talking about past, present, and potentially even future, those who are young. Who's the most talented? So it doesn't necessarily have to be someone who's picked up the most trophies. Um, I'm yeah. someone who's had the most talent to come out of Ghana. Um, I'll say... Oh, no, sorry. Uh, and also, so this can include the diaspora. So it can, it, it can include your Balotelli's and um, your Boatangs and things of this nature. Well, I mean, like when, when he used to, well, when he was in United, like I, like he, he had a lot of potential. Like, yeah, well, I would say. I don't know if he's, because people say he's Ghanaian, like he's a Ghanaian and stuff, but yeah, I'll say he had a lot of potential. And then even Achu, Achu, like when he, because the funny thing is like, Achu uh, was in the academy for because he played for Fano for a little bit. And okay. then like when things didn't work out, he actually came to write to Dream a little bit to, I don't know, to try out and stuff, but then, like, the deal couldn't, I don't know, I don't want to go into details, but, like, it didn't end up happening, but he was there for a little bit, and watching him play in person is just, like, I would say it's more fun, and watching him play in person is, is something else. Like, he was, he's good. Like, I, I got a chance to watch him play, so, and he's, like, really talented. Like, he does things you, you wouldn't think, like, he's going to do. So, like, from watching him, like, personally play, I like, I'll put him on the list. Like, he's really talented. Okay. Um, I didn't ask this question before. Why is college football in America big? So it could be American football or it could be soccer, but why is it so big in the States? Um, I think it's big because, like, with the MLS, uh, what do you call it, the signing, it's more like people go from the college to the MLS. So, like, I mean, I know people come, people, like, come from Europe and stuff to play in the MLS, but, like a huge amount of people like come from the from the college system, so it's it's big because like mo, mo, like most most of the guys who want to play in the MLS comes through it. Like they so like a bunch of the right stream guys who um, are signed to like um, a few of the MLS teams all came came out of the college system, and um, I mean I'm still in touch with them, which is which is cool. But yeah, it's it's big because like it's like a stepping stone to to the MLS. So it's more like or if you want to play in the MLS, like you have to play college soccer because I think the the exposure is, is huge. Like once once you do well, and, and especially let's say like the D one teams, like you get watched a lot by these different MLS teams. And once like you you do well, the chance of you playing for or playing or getting signed by uh, an MLS team is really high. So it's big because it's almost like oh, if you want to play in the MLS, you have to go through the system. So I think that's that's why it's it's huge. Because it's like it leads you to to play professional. Okay, cool. And are there any current standout players in the US, whether they're of Ghanaian heritage or otherwise, playing whether it's college football or playing in the MLS? College, I think um, this kid called Usaini. I mean, he's from Burkina Faso, but so right to him, like, so he used to be just like Ghana-based players, but then like they uh, it, like it's expanded. So it's now we have like guys from. Ivory Coast guy from Togo, guys from um, Cote d'Ivoire. So Useni uh, is from he's from um, he's from Burkina Faso. I mean now he speaks he speaks Chi and all that. Like so most of them like most of them, they actually they learn really quick. Like most of them speaks the the local language now. So he came from Burkina Faso to like the same process like with a like with a scouting and all that. And he plays for Stanford University right now. I don't what he, I'm not sure what he wants, but probably like freshman of the year for his league or so like he is like I'll say like he probably will be the next uh, big thing or uh, like someone to watch out for. And um 
we have like Farouk plays for Michigan, like really stand out, like he's really good. We have Zaki also plays for Michigan, so and a few of them like plays for the like play for different like like the, I mean Michigan, wait for like it's, those are like huge schools, and I mean once you play for schools like that, it's easy for you to like to make it to the MLS because it's like a huge like I mean once you get into play for a school that big, it means like you're really good, I guess so it's easy to be seen by all these MLS teams. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that I also got an opportunity to speak to you today, whether it's about um, football in Ghana, right to dream, and things of that nature, but more so even from an educational point of view, by way of the opportunities it provides. So I genuinely wish you very, very well. And it's a conversation I definitely would like to continue. And it's a subject, in fact, that I would like to continue. So I'll okay. definitely be in contact in regards to that. Um, okay. But do you just want to drop your socials just very, very quickly as to the, the page that you post a lot of things as to yeah. football talents from Ghana, but also your personal page as well so people can follow you? So on, on obviously on Instagram, it's Overtime GH, which is like, it used to, the GH is like Ghana, like GH. But it used to be, actually used to be, because um, I'm, I'm rich, so I made it like, I, it took me a while. I was like, well, because ah, I know like I, I enjoy posting stuff. I enjoy like watching myself play and all that. And I mean, here we get, like, we didn't get, we didn't, I mean, right to them does that, but like the local teams in Ghana, we, uh, we never did that. Like, they, they videotape your games and you could actually go back and watch it. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. Like, some of the things you do, like, you see yourself doing a video. It's like, oh, did I actually do that during the game? So it's just, it's just nice, like, watching yourself play. So that's how, like, the page came about. And I mean, I know, like, all the overtime pages. So I was like, oh, let me just, and there's like overtime India, overtime France, overtime this. So I was like, oh, there's no, Overtime Ghana, so let me just make um, Overtime GH, so that's how the name came about. So Overtime GH, and um, and Snap, I I Snapchat a lot. And my Snap is um, it's Rich R I C H dot one, uh, ten thousand one zero one and four zeros. Okay, cool. Uh, that, that's like what I use the most. Okay, so um, keep it up. I mean, yeah, so keep it up. I think, I think you're doing a very good thing by way of posting Thank videos you. and things of that nature, whether it's about yourself or about other Ghanaian players and things of, the, of that nature. So that's it for this week's episode. As always, you've got any questions or queries, and I imagine you may have some questions or queries because this is a topic that I would definitely like to, I'd like to continue at some point. Email us at teamgarnaeu at gmail.com or tweet us or DM us at teamgarnaeu on IG or Twitter. Thank you. Take care. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks.